1 Samuel chapter 20. So we've gone through Saul being anointed, David, Saul being rejected, David being anointed, uh, David killing Goliath, Saul getting jealous of David, uh, and then Saul decided to kill David, but then Jonathan said, oh no, you know, let me talk to him. Then he calmed him down and got Saul calmed down, got David back, back in the in the palace again. But we're not through with that yet. So 1 Samuel chapter 20, uh, then Saul tried to kill David again. David fled, went out with Samuel. And, and David fled from Naoth to Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is mine iniquity and what is my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life? And he said unto him, God forbid thou shalt not die. Behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but he will show it me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. So Jonathan says, if he's really planning to kill you, I'll know about it. So let me talk to him. And David swore moreover and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes. And he said, Let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord liveth, and as the soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. So, as far as Jonathan knows, Saul's forgiven him and everything's okay. Uh, but he's been pursuing after him to kill him. And, and David says, told Jonathan, he's like, of course he's hiding it from you. He knows you're my friend. He knows you wouldn't like that, so he's not telling you. He's out, out to kill me. But Jonathan, like most of us, in spite of the evidence, wants to believe what you want to believe. You want to think, oh no, my father would not do that. Of course, he's thrown the javelin at David twice and pursued him and, and this and that. You're, you're ignoring the evidence. You know, so you've, uh, but we tend to do that. We tend to hear what we want to hear, see what we want to see, and so we ignore the real evidence. So Jonathan isn't ready to believe it yet, although David is. Then said Jonathan unto David, Whatsoever thy soul desireth, I will even do it for thee. And David said unto Jonathan, Behold, tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit with the king at meat. But let me go, that I may hide myself in the field until the third day at even. So he's like, okay, this is the plan. Uh, I'm expected to be the king because it's a feast. It's the new moon. It's a new month. At the new month, there's a sacrifice. There's a feast. And the king will expect me to be there. But let me not be there to find. Let's try the king's feeling toward me. Let's see if we can find out. If thy father at all miss me, they say, then say, David earnestly asked leave of me that he might run to Bethlehem, his city, for there's a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. So apparently he's saying, you know, this, this kind of trumps it. That this is just a monthly festival, but there's a, a traditional yearly festival where all the family gets together. So David wanted to go to that. If he say thus, it is well. So if he's happy with that, thy servant shall have peace. So if, he, if, he, if that doesn't bother him, then everything's okay. But if he be very wroth, then be sure that evil is determined by him. Otherwise, why would he be so angry? You know, only reason he would be angry is because he's planning to kill me and I'm not there handy. Therefore, thou shalt deal kindly with thy servant, for thou hast brought thy servant into a covenant of the Lord with thee. Notwithstanding, if there be in me iniquity, slay me thyself, for why shouldest thou bring me to thy father? And Jonathan said, Far be it from thee, for if I knew certainly that evil were determined by my father to come upon me, then would not I tell thee. Well, yeah, I mean, Jonathan's a faithful friend. If he knew about it, he would tell him, but... 
That's why Saul isn't telling him. Then said David to Jonathan, who shall tell me? Or what if thy father answer thee roughly? So it's like, okay, so you're going to go and find out whether he's angry or not, but how, how are you going to get the message to me? How are you going to find out? And Jonathan said unto David, Come and let us go out in the field. And they went out, both of them, in the field. And Jonathan said unto David, O Lord God of Israel, when I have sounded my father about tomorrow any time or the third day, and behold, if there be good towards David, and I then send not unto thee and showeth thee, the Lord do so and much more to me, but if it please my father to do thee evil, then I will show it thee and send thee away, that thou mayest go in peace, and the Lord be with thee as he hath been with my father. And thou shalt not only, while yet I live, show me kindness of the Lord that I die not, but also thou shalt not cut off thy kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord hath cut off the enemies of David, every one from the face of the earth. So Jonathan makes him promise that, okay, you know, if Saul's going to be your enemy, if I, I know God's going to bless you, he's promised to make you king. So in that case, if Saul goes down, I'm going down with him because that's, that's where I'll be. He, he said, but I want you to promise me that you will show kindness not only to me, but to my descendants, which we find out later, David keeps that promise with Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord even require it at the hand of David's enemies. And Jonathan caused David to swear, swear again because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Well, you know, that's how Christ said, we should love others as we love ourselves. That's the standard. Jonathan does because he's basically giving up his his claim to the throne to David. Then Jonathan said to David, tomorrow is the new moon and thou shalt be missed because thy seat will be empty. And when thou hast stayed three days, then thou shalt go down quickly and come to the place where thou didst hide thyself when the business was in hand and shalt remain by the stone Ezel. So they've arranged a meeting place. And I will shoot three arrows on the side thereof as though I shot at a mark. And behold, I will send a lad saying, go, find out the arrows. If I expressly say unto the lad, behold, the arrows are on this side of thee, take them, then come thou, for there is peace with thee and no hurt as the Lord liveth. But if I say unto this young man, behold, the arrows are beyond thee, go thy way for the Lord has sent thee away. So he ranges a signal because there's always people around Jonathan and even this boy, word will get around if he were to... Uh, speak directly to David. So he said, fine, you go out and hide by that rock. And I'm going to come out here for archery practice. Do it all the time. And of course, out at archery practice, he's got a boy to run get the arrows for him. You know, It's like you're out there hitting tennis. You've got somebody to go get, pick up the balls for you. Okay. So he's, he's out there. He says, okay, so if, if I send the boy out there and I shoot short and I say, no, come back this way. The arrows are on this side of you. Then you know that's for you to come back home. Everything's okay. But if I shoot beyond, and I say, no, they're beyond. Keep going. That's for you. Keep going. You know Saul's against you. So that's his signal. And it's touching the matter which thou and I have spoken of. Behold, the Lord be between thee and me forever. So, so like, let's remember our promises. So David hid himself in the field. And when the new moon was come, the king uh, sat him down to eat meat. And the king sat upon his seat. And as at other times, even upon the seat by the wall, and that's usually where he's sitting when he's throwing, throwing javelins at David. 
And Jonathan arose, and Abner, captain of his army, sat by Saul's side, and David's place was empty. Nevertheless, Saul spake not anything that day, for he thought, something hath befallen him. He is not clean. Surely he's not clean. So he's like, I don't know why he's not here, but something happened. You know, he, he ran across a dead animal or something, so he can't come to the feast. And it came to pass on the morrow, which was the second day of the month, that David's place was empty. And Saul sent unto Jonathan his son, Wherefore cometh not the son of Jesse to meet, neither yesterday nor today? And Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked leave of me to go to Bethlehem. That's his hometown. And he said, Let me go, I pray thee, for our family hath a sacrifice in the city. And my brother, he hath commanded me to be there. Maybe his father's passed away by now. And now, if I have found favor in thine eyes, let me get away, I pray thee, and see my brethren. Therefore, he cometh not to the king's table. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan, and he said unto him, Thou son of the perverse and rebellious woman. So he's insulting his mother. He's getting pretty nasty. Do not I know that thou hast chosen the son of Jesse to thine own confusion and under the confusion of thy mother's nakedness? So he's like, it's like, you're taking David's side. I know perfectly well what's going on. You're taking his side and it's going to cost you the kingdom. For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established nor thy kingdom. Wherefore now send and fetch him unto me, for he shall surely die. And Jonathan answered Saul his father and said unto him, Wherefore shall he be slain? What hath he done? And Saul cast a javelin at him to smite him, whereby Jonathan knew that it was determined of his father to slay David. He's so mad he tries to kill Jonathan. So Jonathan's like, that's not a good sign. I think this is a problem. So Jonathan arose from the table in fierce anger and did eat no meat the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David because his father had done him shame. And it came to pass in the morning that Jonathan went out into the field at the time appointed with David and the little lad with him. And he said to his lad, run, find out now the arrows which I shoot. And as the lad ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. So you give him a head start because you can shoot an arrow a long way. So it's like, okay, take off. You go running and I'll shoot. And this and he shot over his head, past him. And when the lad had come to the place of the arrow which Jonathan had shot, Jonathan cried after the lad and said, Is not the arrow beyond thee? And Jonathan cried after the lad, Make speed, haste, stay not. And Jonathan's lad gathered up the arrows and came to his master. But he, the lad knew not anything. Only Jonathan and David knew the matter. So they kept it a secret. And Jonathan gave his artillery unto his lad and said unto him, Go, carry them to the city. So he hands him his quiver and his bow and arrows and says, Take them back home. And as soon as the lad was gone, David arose out of a place toward the south and fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times. And they kissed one another and wept one another until David exceeded. And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for as for as much as we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord be between me and thee, and between my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. So they knew. That's it. There's no chance. Saul's not going to repent. He's going to kill David. So David's going to have to depart. So he knows perfectly that's it. So David has now uh, left, and Jonathan stays there with his father. So uh, it seems like kind of a protracted deal why it goes on so, but God, God in his timing lets it go on until David's ready. I think he's got a lot to teach David. 
Because David's going to have to be the commander of the military command. He's already been leading the army. It's good, but he's got more to teach him. One about the wilderness, the places there, the strategy, all that. But really, I think he, he teaches him how to deal with Saul, how to deal with this persecution. Because Saul's after him, he persecutes him. And as you know, there's several opportunities he has to kill Saul, and he doesn't, and he learns. He learns that grace. And so God has more to teach David, so he wasn't ready yet to take over his king. So God allows this to continue for a while. Although in, in our eyes, it seems like, well, why don't you just get rid of Saul a long time ago and put David in? But God is, God is preparing everything in his time and in his perfect way. So... Let's, let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you that your timing is always right and good and you always know all things. And even though things seem hopeless, you have a plan and you have a way. And we thank you for this example, the friendship of, of Jonathan and David and how Jonathan was willing uh, to seek your will above his own. That he, that he knew that you had anointed David to be the next king and not him. So thank you for his unwavering support for David. And even under these very trying circumstances. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.